This is Perspectives, the show where a look at the ways where we might be different often ends up showing us actually how much we have in common. I'm Gondis Presley. On the program today, Dr. Laura Berman and actress Leah Remini. Now, Dr. Berman is a world-renowned sex and relationship educator and therapist. She's on the advisory board for The Dr. Oz Show and is a frequent guest on Steve Harvey's TV show. Now, we all know emotions tend to run high and people are kind of tense this time of year. We're counting down to the big day on Friday, you know? So that is one of the reasons why we're checking in. People are either very, very happy or they're very, very low. For folks in relationships, what tips and tricks, advice do you have for people surviving this time of year? Uh, it's tricky because, first of all, you're diving back into old family patterns and dynamics that are going to trigger the heck out of you. And you're trying to balance all the stresses and demands of extended family and and dinners and and stresses along with somehow staying connected to your mate. And so I think there are a couple of things that are important. One is to really get clear with your partner ahead of time, you know, that and really become and solidify your allyship. So if you have a mother-in-law who's a total jerk to you, you know, you really want to enlist your husband's support in standing up for you or setting those boundaries or being willing to just graciously make your exit if the mother-in-law starts acting up too much or come up with a plan for dealing with whatever family dynamics you can. And another really kind of funny but honestly effective tip I have found works really well and I use myself in my big family get-togethers is that this is a a little game that Martha Beck, a a really well-known life coach, taught me, which is you make it into a bingo game. You know bingo, right? So you you make a bingo card, and instead of letters or words or whatever or numbers, put on those little squares on your own bingo card all the inappropriate and obnoxious and crazy things that your family does to drive you crazy or trigger you, like you know that your mother-in-law is going to say something about your cooking, you know that your aunt is going to say something about your weight, you know that your cousin is going to make a pass at your husband, you know, whatever it is, put all of those on the bingo card, your secret bingo card in your pocket, and then every time it happens, you know, mark a little X or put a little chip on your bingo card, and it kind of makes it into a little game that you and your mate or maybe even your kids are playing together and it it kind of lightens it and it and it separates you from the drama a little bit and makes it kind of funny so you can at least laugh at it rather than get sucked into the stress. Do you get the sense Dr. Berman that women more than men tend to get sucked into that stress during the holiday season? Yeah, I think we just take more responsibility for it. We 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 buy more into the Hallmark card philosophy of the holidays. We feel responsible for making the perfect spread on the holiday table or bringing the right hostess gift or or potluck dish or whatever it is or you know we we're the ones that take personally the criticism of our kids or ourselves or our families man god bless them typically have a much easier time they don't even really get affected as much they're also not as um tuned into the nuances to the subtleties in the interactions so a lot of things just kind of fly past them that you're picking up and getting annoyed about so i think we tend to be much more tuned in and take 
the um, experience of the holidays uh, much more seriously. We take responsibility for that much more seriously in a way that, frankly, I don't think we need to. Dr. Berman, there are many men who are listening to our conversation right now, knowing that their women, their daughters, their wives, their sisters are more invested in all that goes on during the holiday season. What mm-hmm. advice would you give them to help us have a better time this year than we usually do? Yeah, I think it's really, and I say this to men all the time, there was a study not long ago, several of them have come out through the years, that men who do housework get more sex. And the reason for that is because when, not only are you taking stress off her plate, and stress is one of the biggest libido killers, you know, you're helping her, but I think even more than that, when she feels like you're invested in what's important to her, even if you don't understand why the kitchen has to be spotlessly clean before she goes to bed, if you help her clean the kitchen, she feels understood, she feels Uh, sympathized with, she feels supported, she feels your investment in her, and that makes her feel loved. It makes her feel more attracted to you. It makes her feel more appreciative of you. And the same thing is true over the holidays. Even if you don't understand why she's got to have the perfect tablecloth set up and the perfect whatever dish brought to the to the uh, house of the people you're going to, help her, even if it seems stupid to you. Because when you do, she feels supported. And that's going to not only help the two of you get along better, but it's going to increase the likelihood of action later on. (laughs) So that's a good thing. One of the first things that we were going to talk about when we set this up was uh, the approval of that new female Viagra available now in pharmacies. Uh, What's been the response to it now that folks have uh, had an opportunity to access this new drug. Yeah. Well, it's exciting, first of all, because it's the first ever FDA-approved medical intervention for women around sexual function complaints, particularly low desire and difficulty with sexual response. And so it's a pretty big deal because there are, I think, something like 20 or more FDA-approved interventions for male sexual function complaints, and there's been nothing for women. So that in and of itself is huge progress. Um, And this medication, which is called Addy, um, definitely shows promise. What I think is kind of cool that the company did is that they are requiring that the doctors who prescribe it go through a pretty quick online uh, course of sorts so that they can get clear on the best patients for this kind of medication because it's really not going to be perfect for everyone. Um, and there are some limitations to it, but basically, and I, we can talk about those, but basically what it does is act centrally on the brain to increase dopamine and decrease serotonin, which are two kind of brain chemicals that play a role in sexual desire. And they have data on over 11,000 women over many years, and it seems you know pretty safe and definitely effective in a population of women who um, are struggling with low desire. It's not going to help all women. The big uh, drawback that I am hearing is that you can't drink while you're on it. So if you're a drinker, this may not be uh, the best option for you, but it's great progress either way. Who are the best candidates for this new medication? Um, You know, 
I think it's it's approved for premenopausal women whose low desire really seems more physiologic. In other words, they feel pretty good about themselves, their bodies, and the person they're with. So it's not like, you know, they go on a cruise to the Bahamas and their desire comes flying back once they're away from their stresses or they have an affair and their desire comes flying back once they're away from their partner. Um, you know, it has to be someone who really is for neurochemical reasons, medical reasons, or just starting to move into perimenopause, you know, getting close to menopause, is starting to struggle with low desire. My guess is that it's going to be prescribed for a much wider range than that, and women are, you know, because low desire is the most common complaint, sexual complaint among women. So I think we're going to see a lot more women taking it than necessarily are strictly indicated, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, whether it works or not. There are also um, other options for women. In fact, uh, Viramax has uh, some natural supplements you can get in your drugstore. There's one for women that actually um, increases blood flow made from natural sources, and, it's, and it doesn't have any side effects or, or counteract, you know, counteractivity with alcohol or anything else. It's not necessarily going to work centrally on the brain. What the Viramax supplements do is increase blood flow uh, so that it increases arousal and sensation and make sex more pleasurable, which definitely motivates a lot of women to want to do it more. Dr. Berman, you talked about some side effects. Can you give us some more details on that? Well, uh, the main side effect or potential side effect is uh, low blood pressure, especially when um, combined with alcohol. So that is a pretty strong uh warning on the medication that you are not supposed to drink alcohol while you're taking the medication because you can have uh, what they call vasomotor incidences, but basically where your um, blood pressure gets too low and it can be dangerous. So for a large proportion of women who like to have a few glasses of wine or a drink or whatever, uh, this is not necessarily going to be a good thing. I have talked to some doctors who prescribe this who say they're not as worried about it and they're going to take it on a case-by-case basis and maybe this is just the company doing a blanket warning in the same way that technically you're not supposed to drink when you're on antidepressants or many antidepressants because supposedly it limits the effectiveness. But... um, you know, we'll have to wait and see as people start using this what kind of incidents and and circumstances arise. But it's definitely something that women should should talk to their doctors about uh, as well. And you know, this is November, so it's also Movember. So it's not just the women; it's Men's Health Month as well. And uh, it's and women are the main gatekeepers to the male's sexual health and general health. So women are not only dealing with their own sexual function complaints; they're often the ones that are advocating and encouraging their male partners to get the help they need for their sexual function complaints as well, which can be an even taller order to get them to go to the doctor, right? They are a bit hard-headed. <laughs> uh, speaking of, you said that this, this new drug, it works on a woman's brain, Dr. Mm-hmm. Berman. So that means you've got to get it in and get it into your system. How long does a woman have to be on this medication t- for it to begin to be effective? Yeah, so you have to take it every day. 
so it, basically this medication was originally developed as an antidepressant. It does not work very well as an antidepressant, but this sexual benefit was an accidental side effect that the original company that was studying this drug discovered. So it is something that you have to take every day, and it usually you won't see effectiveness or impact until about three weeks in the same way you might with an antidepressant because it takes a while for the effects to build up in your body and your brain. And basically what it does, as I said, you know, serotonin is a natural brain chemical that our brains make, um, but it, it actually, if we make too much of it, um, it can actually repress sexual desire. So when serotonin goes up, it represses sexual desire. When dopamine goes down, which is sort of that another neurochemical, um, that the desire goes down as well. So you want dopamine up and serotonin down, which is what uh, this medication does. For instance, SSRIs, antidepressants like Prozac and Zoloft, those actually increase serotonin, which makes you feel less depressed in many cases. But that's why so many people on those medications struggle with low desire. For more information about Dr. Berman, to read her book or anything else, you could visit her website, drlauraberman.com. Now, you know actress and comedian Leah Remini, probably from her time on the TV show The King of Queens. She also did Dancing with the Stars as a contestant, came back and filled in for Erin Andrews a bit. She's had her own reality show, but she's with us today because she's a troublemaker. Well, not literally. Troublemaker is the title of her New York Times bestseller about her break from the Church of Scientology. What a fascinating read your book is. Uh, what made you finally decide to put pen to paper and just tell all those stories? I mean, you really take us deep inside the world you grew up in. Yeah, well, you know, I felt it was important to tell my story. I felt you know, I was a very vocal person in the organization, and I felt, you know, I needed to be the same um, as I got out. And I also wanted people to know my story as opposed to snippets that would follow me through my career. I mean, uh, it's a big, it was a big part of my life, as people well know, but I don't think they really know, no until you tell your story. So you can't tell that story in four minutes. So I felt it was important. You, you, you left the church of your own after having grown up in it since you were eight years old, right? Right. Well, yes. I, um, uh, oh, you're talking about their, their statement that I was expelled. I never received anything that I was expelled. Um, but that, it seems like it's, it's, um, uh, you know, I broke up with you, you broke up with me. Certainly my story, um, for itself. Leah Remini, most folks who go to church are accustomed to putting something in the collection plate uh, on Sunday, but to read your story, it seems as if the expectations in the Church of Scientology are way more significant than that, that you have to buy your way to a certain status level. Is is that what I understand? Well, the, the church um, charges, or the organization charges, um, you a very specific amount of money um, to do the services that they offer and require you to do. It's spelled out for you, so it's not like you can just do what you want to do. It, there's, a, there's an actual thing called the bridge, and it's laid out, and it costs a lot of money. On top of that, uh, parishioners are asked to donate money, so um, 
it gets quite expensive. Uh, that's where it differs from um, uh, most religions. Your book, Troublemaker, Surviving Hollywood and Scientology, has been a tremendous bestseller because of the way you have told your story. What kind of blowback have you experienced since its publication and the many interviews that you've done to to tell people about your experience and to invite them to read more in your book? Um, I, I mean, listen, I, I, I have received such a welcome um, from people. I mean, I was shocked to see how well received it was. I just, I was just hoping people would read it. And my, I was like, okay, if I've helped one person, I've done my job. So I've received nothing but support uh, from the book, and um, I've only done a, a few book signings, and I can tell you, um, you know, people that come up to me and, and show up are, are in tears, um, and um, it has helped people, and I feel that I've done my job. So, I mean, the response has been tremendous. I read that the organization has been following around people in your life, people in your circle, looking for things about you in an effort to discredit you, to discredit the book. Is that accurate? And how's your family doing? Uh, my family's doing great. And, um, yes, I've, I, I've heard that. Um, people have told me that. Um, and there is a certain policy in the church that deals with people who have left, who have spoken out, and um, they are just following um, their own policies. Knowing what you know now, would you have done anything differently? No, I wouldn't. I would, um, I would have, uh, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I ask the question because... You grew up in the church in the organization since you were eight. Your, your your mom had dated someone who was a member. That's how the family got into it. Your sister had as difficult an exit, perhaps, as you did. But I would, I guess, all of those experiences have led you to be the woman that you are now. Correct. What guidance do you have? You said that people have read the book and they've come to you in tears, and your goal has been to help others. Do you think that your story has given some people courage to make the decision that you made? I certainly hope so. Um, it's not an easy organization to leave. If you decide to leave, you are usually giving up your family members um, because the policy states that if you leave and leave publicly or speak out against things that you've experienced, you're, you are to be shunned by everyone and everything you've ever known. So it's not an easy decision to make, um, but I do hope that um, people who are wondering if they should go or have their own questions um, do decide to take back their life and their family. And sometimes you, you know, might take a year until your family members um, have their own realizations, but I think uh, the numbers are, are dwindling. And I, I think it's time for people to take back their lives and their families. You're a very strong and independent woman, Leah Remini. You said you were asking questions that got you into trouble in the church. Do you think that the trouble would have been as great had you been a man and not a woman asking questions? Uh, no. Um, again, you know, there's there's very specific policy in the organization, and um, other people have gone through what I've gone through. Other people 
have spoken out. Um, I don't particularly find myself brave or strong. I, I had my family support. Uh, there are people who've done it without any family support and have been on their own um, and had to suffer that. Uh, so, I, honestly, I, I'm grateful and blessed that I that I had my family support because, it, you know, you can just go online and Google some stories and you'll see uh, there are many people who don't have their families when they leave. Those of us out in the general public have a perception that your community, the Hollywood community, can be at times a very... Uh, tight-knit community, perhaps a closed circle, members uh-huh. of the community, also in the church, in the organization. I would imagine those relationships that you might have had when you were there are no more. Is, is that right? That's correct. Um, like I've mentioned before, the policy is very specific. If somebody speaks out against or questions the organization or its policies, it you are to be shunned. And so I was aware of that policy. Um and uh, my, I, I understand it. <laughs> um, that is the policy that they subscribe to. Um, so, no, I did not expect any of the people that I knew for 30 years to talk to me, although I did think my friends of 30 years would um, not apply that policy to me, knowing me for that long and knowing that I was a dedicated member, so if I was questioning it, I thought that would be enough uh, for my friends to follow me. That was not the case. That is disappointing. Well, it certainly has not hurt your career, I don't think. I love it when I see you on Dancing with the Stars, first as a contestant with Tony during Season 17 and now back uh, this past season as as a guest co-host filling in. Can your fans expect to see you there again? Sure, if they'd have me, I'd you know I consider myself part of the Dancing with the Stars family. Whenever they need me, I'd be there. It's a great, uh, it's fun to fill in. Uh, it's not an easy job to do, <laughs> however. Um, but yeah, no, it's great. It's it was uh, it's a lot of fun, and I'm there all the time. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I certainly wouldn't expect it to to hurt my career. But then again, if I'm if what I believe or don't believe uh, is not hurting anyone, um, I wouldn't suspect that my career had anything to do with it. And if it did suffer because of my disconnection to the organization, then, I, then I'm, I'm fine with that, too. What is it that you want readers to take away from your book? Um, I hope they just kind of go through the journey with me of my life and uh, have more insight as to what I was going through, what my family was going through, and... That at the end, I mean, honestly, we're still here. We're still doing well. We have a second chance at a new life and to experience things with new eyes. And um, really, it's it's a story of of hope. Are you happy? Feeling hopeful? Yeah, very. Yes. That's it. I <laughs> yes, wanted to hear you smile. Yeah. I wanted to hear you smile. Well, Leah Remini, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. The book is Pleasure. Troublemaker: Surviving Hollywood and Scientology. Again, the author. It's a bestseller. Leah Remini, uh, enjoy the holidays, dear. Thank you. You too. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, my is Condo29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective.